Welcome to the podcast. My name is Madison and today I'm in Calare Town Community School and today we'll be covering a range of topics. First up we have my own group. Today we'll be talking about a wacky headline we found. Hi I'm Quiva and today we're going to be talking about a crazy headline that we saw. So in August last year a Florida woman was pulled over for running a red light and when two officers checked her car to find they found 41 turtles in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpack and when she was asked if there were any other animals in the car, she proceeded to pull a foot-long alligator out of her yoga pants. A foot-long alligator. That is crazy. How the hell did she get an alligator in yoga pants? Yoga pants are tight. They're legs. She could have had, like, you know them, like, flowy kind of pants. Sometimes they call them yoga pants in America, but they're actually just, like, genie pants. I don't know. I don't do yoga, so I cannot tell you how I feel about that. But surely she could not capture an alligator on her own. Like, no. they're strong. They're big. Like, from the pictures that we were looking at, like, it's not a small alligator. No, like, it's, it's not. Big. You know that show, like, um, Deadly 60 and all these, where, like, Steve, I think his name was? He'll have a whole team of people. Now, yeah. I know the alligator was smaller or whatever, but there's no way she could have done that. Yeah, no. And I think we need to figure out how she got them and, as well, how many people were involved in order to get them and where they were when she was in the car. But, like, um, alligators, are, are they like, that common in America? Like, do, are they, like, in Florida, is there many? Like, there is 1.25 million alligators in Florida, so I'd say she could find one fairly easily. <laughs> If they're quite common in restaurants, that means they have to be getting them from somewhere. But the turtles, come on. The <laughs> turtles were in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle bag. Commitment. There's 41 of them. I mean, <laughs> come on. Imagine, right, going, where's that place in Bray? Sea Life, Sea World, whatever it's called. But imagine, you know, looking at all the little fishies or whatever, and then this woman just comes along with a big fishernet and just goes, <laughs> with all these turtles into her little backpack. But, like, we don't know, were they alive turtles? Were they dead? Like, how would you fit 41 alive turtles in a backpack? Surely they'd have to be in water if they were alive. Yeah, maybe they put, like, were they in a bag? But if if they, yeah, because if they were just in the bag, then the water would be seeping out of it. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, she was charged, I think it was six months uh, probation, 200 hours of community service, and she was fined $500. And that had to be donated to the Florida Fish, Wildlife, Conservative, Conservation <laughs> Committee. So I presume that's where the alligators and the turtles went. went. Yeah, so. I'd say so. But like, what you learn from all this? Exactly. Like what? To not run a red light when you have all those animals in the back of your car. <laughs> Basically, your bombs. Don't get caught. Yeah. Well, I think we're finished up now. But I hope you enjoyed listening to some wacky. Headlines, and we hope that I made you laugh. Anyway, thanks. There you go. Turtles in a Ninja Turtle backpack and an alligator in someone's pants. Next up, we have the Women's Corner, and they will be discussing all about women in sport. Welcome back to the Women's Corner. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Millie, Mary, Emilia, and Harriet from KTCS. Thank you, Sarah. Today we'll be talking about the repeated unfair conduct that girls of all ages face in soccer and rugby. How many times have you seen an ad for your favourite brand while watching a men's game? I love when women's products sponsor a men's game. Now, think about women's sports. They don't get sponsored nearly half as much as men do. That's right. The females don't... uh, The facts don't lie. Women's sport sports sponsorship only accounts for 0.4% of total of a total between 2011 and 2013 media coverage for women in sport only women in sport only accounts for 7% of total sport coverage that is just too low why are women's rules always so different to men's well the stubborn rules seem like they'll never change in 2014 the prize money for the men's football world cup was 35 million and for the women's one it was only 2 million which i think was very disgraceful in the Women's Football World Cup, 2015 players were made to play on AstroTurf instead of grass. Don't even try and ask why. Women are also always asked weird questions that have nothing got to do with their sports, such as sexist questions that include, who are you dating? Now that you're married, how will things change? Who's your favourite male athlete and can you twirl for us? I think this is disgraceful. The support is there according to survey 52% of viewers 
thought BBC should be doing more to encourage women's sport. 71% of UK adults agree showing more women's sport would be good. This would also help inspire younger women to join in sport and give them more confidence. Women are constantly fighting and speaking up about this. In 2017, Ada Hegerberg, the women's ball door winner, quit the Norwegian team in protest of what she said was a lack of support for women's soccer. And in all women's sports. The discrimination has to stop now. We have the support of the public and female athletes, so let's change something now. Thanks, girls. This is our outlook on women in sports. Thank you for joining us in the Women's Corner. Wow, some really interesting topics spoken about there. Now we move on to Love Island. Uh, Love Island is a reality TV show where 12 singles are going into a villa for eight weeks to try to find love. This is the first winter series as the demand for Love Island is getting popular each year. Um, so a few of the people that came in at the start were Shauna, Shanice, Paige, Sophie, Jess and Eve. And then the lads were Connor, Callum, uh, Naz, Mike and Ollie. Sophie was coupled up with Connor, Shauna was with Callum, Naz was with Shanice, Ollie was with Paige, and um, So about two days into Love Island, Ollie realised he had feelings for his ex, so he decided to leave Love Island, which meant Paige was single and vulnerable, and... Then after Ollie left, they got an announcement that two new lads were coming into the villa. They were Finn and Conor with G. Um, so Finn coupled up with Paige and they've lasted till now. They're now going out, their boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, what was they your last name? Oh yeah, so Castle Moore, right? Castle Moore is another villa and the lads go there and then six new girls come into them. So then the girls, the original girls are in the other villa and then six new boys go into them and they have to like see if they're going to stay with their original people or like change. So the people that um, stuck is Paige and Finn, Shanice and Luke T. Um, is that it? That's stuck. Um, and then the rest, like, changed. So, oh, Callum and Shauna, they were a couple. But then Callum's had turned for Molly, which caused a lot of drama. Then Naz went with Eve, which made Demi vulnerable. And then, oh, Jess coupled up with Ched, which is like a giant. He's literally like a giant. Um, and then Luke T... Wait, is it Luke T or Luke M? Luke M coupled up with Demi because Demi was like done with Naz because Naz was with Natalia and then they left. <laughs> but Natalia's actually, Natalia doesn't actually like Luke M. Yeah, we she just, <laughs> she just went into the villa. She used her to get into the villa. <laughs> so basically they told you the story about Love Island so we're going to tell you about... Um, like the background of it. Um, how are people picked for Love Island? People are like, the producers like scout out some contestants and then most people apply for it and they have to go through loads of interviews and then if they're lucky enough, they'll get picked because loads, like thousands of people go through for it. Um, why would some people go on Love Island? Some people have the wrong like, idea of going on because some people only go in for the money and because there's a 50k prize at the end of it. And then some people go in to like get loads of followers and sponsorships and brand deals at the end of it. And they'll always come out with more followers and probably a verification tick. Um... We think that most of Love Island is staged and like it's common knowledge that they have to redo some scenes and sets and all. Um, there's a lot of rules in Love Island. Um, they're not allowed their phones. They are given phones when they go in there to like promote Samsung and all. Um, they're not allowed to have much alcohol. They have limited drink at night time. 
Um, they're not allowed to play music because copyright. They're not really allowed to sing because copyright. They have to wear a mic at all times, and if they're not wearing a mic, they can't chat about the show. Um, they're not encouraged not to nap because it'll not be fun for the viewers to watch. They get free clothes from the sponsors, I saw it first, and they're not allowed to wear clothes with visible brands on them. And there used to be a smoking area, but they got a lot of like stick for it. So they have to go outside the villa to smoke now. But all the contestants are well looked after. They have like mental health checks and all before they go into the villa. They have chefs to cook for them. Beauticians and hairdressers and all that comes in like once a week so that they're all looking grand for the camera. Um, their food and monitor is all, or their food and water is all monitor monitored um, to make sure they're hydrated and they're eating the right stuff. They all work out. And there's high security in the villa because especially in Cape Town, they were afraid that the contestants were going to get kidnapped and murdered. So there's a high um, security. And then apparently they get 200, 200 to 250 pounds a week for being on the show. Um, is that it? Would you like to go on Love Island? Would you go on Love Island, Kira? No. <laughs> would you go on Love Island, Ella? No. <laughs> I would go on Love Island. Would you go on Love Island, Karen? No. I'd love to. I love to too. I think you have to be chatty and fun and you have to have something <laughs> you have to have something about you to be on the violence so we might not make it. Oh <laughs> Thanks Thank for listening to our Thank podcast. Bye. 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 And our last topic is all about TikTok. Hi everyone, this is our part of the podcast where I'll be talking all about TikTok. So first what is TikTok? It's like an app that people post, like people post like trending dances and different comedy trends and stuff for like 15 seconds in a video. Uh, everyone downloads the app as a joke, but actually everyone ends up getting addicted to it. Before TikTok, did all of you have Musically? Yeah. 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 It's hard to admit it though because it used to be cringy. Yeah, Musically used to be a cringy app to have, but now. TikTok is the normal thing to have. Yeah. When you first go into the app, what does it have? The For You page? Yeah, the For You page is where all, most videos blow up. They get likes and comments from everyone around the world. TikTok now has over 500 million users. It's so easy to get famous on TikTok. There's a group of famous people. Um, one... TikToker is named Charlie D'Amelio. She's only 15 years old and she joined in June 2019 and now she's amassed over like 20 million followers. Um, Charlie is a part of a group. They all live in a house called a Hype House. This is in LA where all TikTok stars go to create content together. How many people live in the Hype House? Uh, there's actually only four people that live in the Hype House. Daisy, Alex, Cover, and Thomas but there's loads of people of the same friendship group that come and create content. Don't lots of them like go out together, like Charlie and Chase, and then there's like yeah. other TikTokers, but like, are they actually together or is it just publicity? I don't know, there's loads of couples in the house, but I don't know if they're actually together. TikTok is a really good way for artists making music to promote their songs, because it's so easy for a song to go viral on TikTok. Um, some of the most famous ones are Roxanne by Arizona Zervas, The Box by Roddy Rich, Lottery by K Camp, Say So by Doja Cat, No Idea by Don Tolliver. What do they do with the songs? They make dances that go along with the songs, like the beat. It's like a trend that everyone tries to do as it gets famous. If one famous person does it, everyone kind of tends to do it. So, like, have any of you tried to become TikTok famous? Uh, yeah, I've tried, but it's quite hard because Ireland's really small and we don't really get that many views in Ireland because America's, like, really big, so most of the American people, like, get most of the views. Um, yeah, loads of Americans make money from it because they get sponsors and brand deals and they promote it on their TikToks and... Yeah, it's like a normal thing in America to do it where you wouldn't see anyone doing it in Ireland. 
Ireland just take it as a joke, but Americans actually think, yeah, this is like my job. TikTok is mostly just Americans and like that are famous. And then there's kind of like some, there's a house in England and it's like the hype house, but it's like all British people. But I don't think it's as like successful as the hype house. Most people that go viral are usually because of their looks and stuff. So it's like hard to get on the For You page. There's loads of celebrities on TikTok like um, Dwayne Johnson and Cardi B and the Jonas Brothers and Five Seconds of Summer and Post Malone. There's also like old Musical.ly stars that are kind of like trying to keep their followers on TikTok but it's not going great for them because they were on the Musical.ly app so there's more like TikTok stars instead of Musical.ly stars so it's a very complicated app. Uh, Lauren Gray is the most famous girl on TikTok. She has over 38.9 million followers and 2.2 billion likes. Do you think Charlie will surpass her in her followers though? Yeah, because I think Lauren's followers are all from Musical.ly, where now everyone follows TikTok, they think Charlie's better for TikTok. What about boys? Like, who's... Who's the most famous on, for boys? I know Musical.ly was like Jacob Sartorius and he made like a comeback and everybody was kind of like, no, you're too cringy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. It's probably Chase because of Charlie because she's like the second most famous girl. So because he's with her, he's probably getting all the followers from her. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> I think we'll finish it up there, guys. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the KDCS podcast. Uh, hello, lads. Introduce yourselves. My name's Sam. My name's Ahmed. My name's Evan. Adam. My name's Rory. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Premier League, TY versus fifth year, our own little game we play in the yard, VAR itself and local football and compared to professional football and the different rules and the different quality in the game. So who wants to start us off? I'll start off. Right, lads. So um, who do you think is the top 10 players of the decade? So your top 10, 11 players of the decade. Who would you put in, Sam? So I'd say we'll kick off with a goalkeeper. Everyone will say goalkeeper. I'd go with David De Gea. Consistent for six or seven years. Dropped off a bit now, but he's top quality. Ackerman? Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to skip this one. Um, yeah, I go with the hay as well, to be honest. He's just been, he's been there for the last few years. He's been top quality last kind of season or two. He's been a little bit shaky, but he's definitely the best. I'd like to say Peter Crouch. The hay is a good shout, but Peter Crouch has probably won more than the hay. Rory? Uh, I suppose the hey would be a good shout there. He's been a good servant for Man United there over the last few years. So pass it back to Sam there for his defenders. Okay, we'll go with centre halves now. Um, I kick off with John Terry. Consistent when he was at Chelsea up till he retired, so I'd put him in there. Uh, I think I'll put in. Uh, I'd probably put in something like Sergio Ramos. He's been pretty good over the last couple of years, so I'll put in Sergio Amos. <laughs> uh, left back, I'd probably give to Azpilicueta. Centre backs, we, we count Rio Ferdinand and Vidic. Would they count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would count as them. I'd put um, Rio Ferdinand, David Luiz, maybe, and then Kyle Walker. I'd say uh, Kyle Walker, right back, left back. Emerson from Chelsea has been solid, yeah. Maybe Alonso ties him. Uh, centre halves, Vidic, obviously, and uh, probably Terry as well. I'd say maybe uh, uh, right back, I'd have to put uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, even though he's only there a few years. Um, two centre backs have to be uh, Robert Hoot and Ryan Shawcross. Um, and fairly good. Uh, I suppose that left back then might have to go with uh, Christian Fuchs or something. He, he had a good season there in 2013 when they won the league. So I'll pass it back to Sam again. 
Uh, midfielders. Kante. De Bruyne and maybe... Um, oh, we're throwing a controversial one. Jordan Henderson. Um, LeBron James. <laughs> My midfielders. Kante. Uh, De Bruyne. And maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a midfielder. Do you know what? I'll throw in one. Matic. Matic. Uh, top midfielders, if we're picking three, I'd like to say uh, Fred from United. He's had, a, he's had a decent season. He's played 50 games. McTominay as well. He looks like he's going to be one for the future. And uh, Norwich have a good lad called Buendia. He looks decent for the future as well. I suppose maybe uh, Ander Herrera and... Um, yeah, Fred as well. He's been good. And uh, N'Golo Kante would be a good shout as well. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Tackers throw out Aguero. Uh, over the last few years, we've had a couple of breakout like Salah and Harry Kane. I'd put Harry Kane in. I wouldn't put Salah in yet. And for consistency every season, uh, we're going Marcus Rashford, one for future. Uh, I'd have to say Roddy Rich. I would give it to Aguero, Raheem Sterling, and probably Harry Kane, to be honest with you. I'd uh, give it to Rooney, but I'd like you to pause the podcast right now and do a minute silence for Jordan Sinnott, who sadly passed away at the weekend. So if you can do that now, we're not going to obviously do a minute silence. That would be a bit awkward, but yeah, I'll pass it on in it. Um, I suppose uh, Berbatov would be a good shout, you know. He's a Man United legend and... Uh, Played for Spurs for a while. And um, Salah and um, Damari Gray. Yeah, he's a good player, yeah. Uh, league table. Liverpool are winning the league. We can all agree about that. But uh, the relegation battle is it's tight this year. I think it's four points from 20th to 17th or to 15th. So my treat to go down would be... That's not relegation. My treat to go down would be Aston Villa, West Ham, and Bournemouth. I'd probably give it to Norwich, 20th, West Ham. Actually, no, I can see West Ham staying up. Watford are going relegated, 19th, and Villa, 17th. I'll pass you on to Adam. Uh, probably Norwich never really liked them never really liked Car Road I do like the one that goes who are you I like that Aston Villa never really liked them so I like to see them go down I think they go down I think Bourne might just keep it up maybe West Ham as well I don't really like West Ham yeah look just looking at the league table here I suppose um, Norwich are definitely going down like six points off Watford in 19th um, Watford are going fairly well I suppose that they'll probably get out of the relegation spot soon enough I suppose um Aston Villa, Aston Villa, and I'm actually going to say Brighton at the moment. They're they're just playing useless. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about VAR, and we're going to get the lads' opinions on if they're for VAR or against VAR, and what do you think they should change the VAR? So I'm going to start, and I say I'm against VAR. I think it ruins the game. People are celebrating offside goals, and <laughs> people are celebrating offside goals, and disallowed uh, <laughs> goals. <laughs> Sorry, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm against VAR at all. I uh, I feel I don't know VAR helps the game, but it also ruins the game. Me myself, I'm against VAR. I just think it's kind of ruined the game with celebrating goals that are not allowed and handballs that happen two minutes before after the goal or before the goal. I just feel like it's unfair to the players and to the fans. I just don't think it should be there. I think it should be gone, to be honest. Uh, I'm for VAR because uh, it's fair. Because fouls are fouls. So I think if a foul happens in the build-up to a goal, the goal shouldn't stand. So it's helping the game, but people are complaining about ruining the game, but it's, it's fair altogether. Yeah, I suppose I'm with Sam on that one. Uh, I kind of like uh, VAR. So, um, yeah, I suppose, like, uh, this season there's been uh, 75 
overturns for fouls. Like, so that's 75 decisions that should have been made but weren't. So it's probably helped teams. And there's five red cards as well. So um, I suppose it's better. Right, we'll change to the topic of TY versus Fifters. Right, so who do you feel is one of the most... Un, well, one of the people that you wouldn't have thought would have been a soccer player, but has out like is outstanding kind of on the pitch. Uh, I think Keen Gibney, Oscar Prokop. I think myself. I give it to Aaron Fitzgerald. He does the job in the defence. He's basically a rock, and to compare him to Virgil Van Dyke is a diss to Aaron Fitzgerald. I'd say Sean Cante Conlon. Workhorse on the pitch, does lots of work and cuts wood as well. So he's a good, hard-working man at home as well. I think maybe uh, Robbie Gibbons, good shout there. He's, he's kind of like a uh, Busquets there, just picking up everything that comes through there. So uh, yeah, that's probably my vote for uh, best player. Uh, T-Way versus fifth year, by the way, is one of our like games you play out in the field. So if you're interested more, you can always ask and like leave comments and likes and all that, you know. Uh, who do you think has won the most games in VAR? Or, no, sorry, in TY versus fifth year? TY's? Yeah, I'd have to give it to TY's. Uh, I'd probably say fifth year, yeah. Well, it actually is 29 games to TY's, 31 draws, and 29 games to fifth years. It's man how it just worked out like that. Um. Oh, yeah, I think TY's have won most of the games. Well, you're wrong. I just, you know, well. Anyway, next topic, we're going to talk about uh, local area football compared to professional football. It's going to be like teams like Killer Town, Newbridgetown, League Slip, all teams that have senior senior teams against teams like St. Pat's, Longford, Wexford, and Bohemians. Uh, long, teams like Longford and Wexford, they're all first division teams. And, uh, yeah, so... Well, this will be happening next week, yeah, because we've been told to wrap it up. Anyway, I like the school. I like Sam. Both ways. So that's the show. Thanks for watching. One thing I have to say, Pat's going to win the league. Nothing about it. Boys better win the league, yeah. Boys are better than Pat's, yeah. Sound. Hello and welcome to the Who Asked podcast. Today we'll be talking on the topic of freedom of speech. I'm going to hand the microphone over to Michael Kiernan, who's going to start us off. Personally, now, I believe that people should have the right to say whatever they want and express their opinions. I don't think people should have to silence their own views and pretend that they believe something else just because that their view might end up offending someone else. Yeah, I, I see your point. But the thing is, like... I believe everyone should have a right to freedom of speech within reason. So, like, obviously, you're not just saying something to be offensive or you're not just saying something to, like, offend someone, but you're saying something that has a genuine point that you believe in. Um, like, yeah, it's just saying something that you have a genuine point that you believe in. If you don't, like, if you don't agree with someone saying, you just get off, you know what I mean? Go to sleep or something, you know what I mean? Like, just, like... Grow up, you know what I mean? Man up. Right. Alright, can you I think that people should be allowed to say what they want to win reason, like not in an offensive way, like using slang terms and like not you can't say like within like if like not in an offensive way. Because what if did you like the actual opinion itself offend someone? Then it doesn't matter what way you phrase it, they're gonna take offense to it. There's no point in trying to sugarcoat it for other people, I believe. Hold on, like, so you're saying that it shouldn't offend anyone, but say you like socks that smell like watermelon, and I don't like socks that smell like watermelon, and I say, oh, I don't like socks that smell like watermelon, and you get offended over that. Does that mean, like, that I shouldn't say it? No, it means that I shouldn't get offended over your own yeah, different opinion. But you, but you just, yeah, you, hold on, you, but you just said to me, that you shouldn't say anything that's offensive. Something that's, like, discriminative. Like, if something's discriminative, like, you're pointing out, like, a flaw or something in particular, like, that might not necessarily be a flaw, except it can be, like, something that 
could be anything rather than being left-handed or in a wheelchair or something. I know, but say like, say it's something like sexism, and I say, oh, I personally don't believe uh, the wage gap exists anymore, and that offends someone. But that's my personal belief. Like, am I, am I is it okay if I say that? Yeah, it's okay for you to say that, except, like, other people can say that it's, like, false by bringing up stats and other stuff, like, showing the stats over time, etc., etc., between, like, different actresses and actors. But people have shown, like, using stats that it is false, it doesn't actually exist. But someone that still believes that it does exist will then get offended by me saying that it doesn't. Right. I'm going to pass it over to Tom Dillon, and I'm going to get his opinion on all this. Uh, I don't think people should be withheld from saying what they want to say to a certain extent. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to go out and slay someone for their sexuality or their um, whatever it may be, like their gender or whatever it is. But in the same sense, you should be allowed to have your same thoughts of your own opinion on the topic very well said Tom I, I agree with you there but that's saying that I shouldn't be allowed to come out and slander someone's sexuality like that is true but say if there's a certain aspect that I don't believe like say if I, say if someone's homophobic well not homophobic but they're they just don't agree with yeah they just don't agree with it but they don't do anything that affects them do you still think that they shouldn't be allowed to say oh uh, I don't agree with uh, lads marrying lads or girls marrying girls well why would you give your opinion on something that's not got to like if it doesn't bother you like if you don't agree with it and it doesn't bother you why would you give your opinion if you're not asked for it on something like if you don't agree with two men marrying men or two women marrying women, like, and you, like you don't agree with it, but no one asks for your opinion, why would you give it? And that's why the podcast called "Who Asked" because no one really asked, do they? Like, in my opinion, like you shouldn't really care. Do you know what I mean? If you have an opinion, you might as well just say it. And if they have a problem with it, it's just their 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 situation. You have to deal with it, isn't it? Like, they just need to man up a bit and just agree with it. And they can say your opinion on you, the way you look. And you just take it on the chin and you say something back. Go on and on and on, do you know what I mean? Isn't it, Joe? Yeah, you're rambling a bit, but yeah, I see what you're saying. But back to what Tom said. Like, if I'm asked, oh, personally, like, say if this is a celebrity and he's asked, oh, personally, do you uh, support gay marriage? And they come out and say no. I think they should have a right to say that, but they should also have a right to open criticism. Yeah, I agree with just what you're saying there, Joe. I agree with what you're saying and the fact that whether it be a celebrity or not, now celebrities, if they openly say that they're not uh, for gay marriage, then that's not really being politically correct and they probably would get slated for that. But if a gay man or a gay woman came up to one of us and asked their opinion, then yeah, 100% you should be allowed to say what you think if you're asked for your opinion. I know it's just said there that if they didn't agree with um, gay marriage that it wouldn't be politically correct. But I don't think we should say if things are like politically correct or not because that's going to be different for other people. Like, for example, like comedy. Like, you can't say if a joke is or, is or isn't funny just because you find like the subject matter offensive. For example, um, like if a comedian like is doing stand-up or whatever and a joke kind of, um, it's like making fun of a certain group of people. That's not saying it in a derogatory or offensive way. Like, the joke's being said in a way to make other people laugh. It's not serious. But nowadays, people, like, take, like, huge offense to, like, comedians and all. Like, um, when, what's his name? Dave Chappelle. When his Netflix special came out, everyone was trying to, like, cancel it. Everyone was trying to, like, get it off Netflix. People were going mad. In a lot of the articles that were written about that, they didn't say, well, obviously they were saying that it was offensive and all, but they were saying objectively that it wasn't funny when comedy is subjective, you know? If I find that joke hilarious, but then someone else doesn't, you know, they, 
don't have the right to tell me that I shouldn't, like, not only be allowed watch that when they're trying to cancel it, that's stopping, like, other people from enjoying it when I don't think that's right at all. If someone wants to watch um, a comedian do stand-up that might have offensive jokes in it that they don't agree with, they want to, like, cancel it. Like, but other people want to watch it and they think it's funny. I don't think um, they should be allowed cancel it. All right, we're going to have to wrap up this episode now with the Who Asked podcast. It was great talking to you, lads. I hope you all have a good day. Me and Dharma aren't friends anymore. <laughs> Tom, would you like to say anything before we go? Or are you, Connor? No, I'm really good now. Okay. Ben, how about you, no? I'm okay. Okay. We're going to end it now. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Aaron, and today I'm in KTCS, and today we'll be covering a range of topics such as movies and TV shows. Uh, I'd like everyone to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Morgan. Hi, my name is Connor. Hi, my name is Cormac. Well, my name is Kieran. So, lads, what's everyone's favourite movie at the moment? Uh, my favourite movie at the moment is uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, I like that because I'm really into cars, and that... I think the storyline is very good in it. Very interesting. I'd have to say my favourite movie would be the original Italian job. Uh, I think it's a very good movie for its time and it's very immersive. All the camera angles make it like feel like you're there and like very like like an action movie, it's very good, yeah. Very nice. Uh I like Prisoners. Uh Jake Gyllenhaal and New Jackman came in two thousand thirteen. Uh dark film but like it's like kinda like a crime one. It's very interesting, very engrossing. So yeah. Uh, I say in 1917, you know, it was a good realistic movie, you know, one continuous shot which really make you, uh, made you feel like you're there. Very good, yeah, my favourite movie would probably be The Brothers Grimsby, uh, loving all comedy myself. Uh, yeah, it's got a good, uh, good storyline, it's a spy, two children separated at birth, yeah, that'd be my favourite. So, what's everyone's favourite TV show at the moment? Um, my favourite TV show at the moment is probably uh, Top Gear. Uh, I like Top Gear because there's, I'm really interested in cars and I like the road trips that they're doing as well and I like the hosts. Ah, yeah, very good. Uh, I'd have to say my uh, favourite TV show it would be Blue Bloods. Uh, it has a very interesting storyline and you're always looking forward to the next episode. Uh, mine be Peaky Blinders. Um, yeah, just class. Uh, favourite season probably be season four. It's all about the mafia. So yeah, I like that stuff. Uh, I have to say, Friday Night Dinner is, uh, is a good uh, comedy. You know, it's about two uh, sons that come to see their mum and dad every Friday night for dinner, and there's always something going on in the house. Uh, yeah, I'm a Peaky Blinders man myself. Very good TV show, yeah. I'd say season four is the best. Very good. So, lads, any movies everyone's looking forward to? Uh, probably Fast and Furious 9. For me, James Bond, No Time to Die. It's Daniel Craig's last film, so yeah, I'd like to see that. Oh, yeah, can't wait. Uh, I'd say Top Gun Maverick because the first one is like really good. Maybe they kind of want to be a pilot. Uh, I'd say this one will be good. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to A Quiet Place too, you know. Second part of a really good film, you know. Thriller, horror. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait for uh, Fast and Furious 9 to come out because I really liked the previous Fast and Furious well, thanks, lads, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. No I've enjoyed talking. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Aaron. Hi, I'm your host, Dara, and uh, we're going to be talking about sleep. I've got in Miles uh, to give you just a talk about sleep. Take it away, Miles. For those who are listening, he just fell asleep, but the show must go on. Anyways, why do we need sleep? It'd be great if we had eight more hours of consciousness to be productive but we still have uh, to sleep sleep is actually very helpful for us for our bodies sleep helps repair muscles which makes them stronger sleep also helps us remember things from school moving things from our short-term memory to our long-term memory making us remember them for longer if you don't get enough sleep would you like to repeat that Dara? If you don't get enough sleep or become sleep-deprived, a lot of things can happen. Luke here will tell, will tell us more about it. Uh, yeah. So I personally have struggles with sleep deprivation. There's 
so many sleepless nights. It's terrible. But yeah, it's basically it makes you so that you can concentrate during the day, and it really affects mood swings. Like if you ever get outbursts of anger or something, it's probably it's probably due to sleep deprivation. I guess a way of like fixing it was just like try to sleep more, or sleep earlier maybe. But I haven't found a way to f- uh, fix it yet. Um, Isabella, do you want anything else to comment on? Yeah, it's crazy because studies show that only 15% of students get eight, eight and a half hours of sleep, which isn't a lot of people. Teenagers should get eight to ten hours of sleep, which I know is hard to, as I struggle myself with insomnia. Yeah. So uh, that's the end. I'll just wake up Dara here. Oh, jeez. Sorry, I fell asleep there. Um, is, this, is it the end? Yes, it's the end. Oh, um, thanks for listening, and good night. Hello, welcome to Matchday Madness. My name is Kean Murray, and I'm talking live from Kildare Town Community School. I'm with Keen Gibney, Robbie Gibbons, Matthew O'Rourke, more commonly known as Rob's son, and our special guest today is from Chelsea, London, Sean Cante Conlon. We'll be talking today about famous football derbies. Before we get into the derbies, boys, I think we should let all of our new listeners know what a derby is. A derby is a match between two teams who have a strong rivalry between each other. The rivalry between the clubs can come from politics, religion, location and incidents in the past. The derbies are seen all across the globe and most involved hatred towards the opposing team. I think we should kick our derbies off with Man United versus Liverpool and we'll pass you over to King Gibney for that. Uh, Man United and Liverpool have always been a strong derby. Um, it's one of the most recognisable in the Premier League. Uh, Man United have managed to have control over the total amount of derbies. Uh, in the last 27, the last 10 years, Man United have managed to win 12, and Liverpool win an 8, and there's been 7 draws. The clubs are similar. They're near one each other and have a rivalry between the fans. Um, but yeah, yeah like you have to have respect for Liverpool's side and what Jurgen Klopp has managed to do with the current side of the team. What is your opinions on Man United's current state? Oh, Man United are in an awful heap right now. Um, we're going to need a lot of money to get back to the state that we used to be to even have a chance of an interesting derby between Liverpool and the other opposing teams today. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, we'll get on to the Celtic versus Rangers now. Uh, Celtic versus Rangers, otherwise known as the old firm, is held in uh, Glasgow. Um uh, so uh, Rangers won the last uh, clash between the two sides and the derby is between uh, Protestant and Catholic uh, religions. Um, any questions, that's <laughs> Which side would you go for in this derby? Uh, personally, I go for Celtic because I am Catholic, but... <laughs> I'm not sure about you. <laughs> I'll pass you on to Matthew now for the um, AC Milan. Hi, my name is Matthew. This is the Milan derby between AC Milan and Inter Milan. The first meeting was on the 10th of January in 1909. Milan, uh, AC Milan bet Internazionale 3-2. Um, this derby is a big derby because not only do they share the same city, but as well the San Siro same stadium. Uh, what's different to this derby to most derbies is just many players that played for both clubs, Internazionale and AC, including Patrick Vieira, Edgar Davids, Taribo West, Andrea Perlo, Clarence Seedorf, Hernan Crespo, and uh, as of recent, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored in the last meeting of these teams on the 9th of February 2020. Uh, where Inter Milan came back from 2-0 down to be, to win 4-2. Uh, what's your opinion on Zlatan? Zlatan is one of the best players to have played in this derby as he's played for both teams and has done well in both for both teams in this derby. Thanks. And now we'll talk about the El Clasico. El Clasico, uh, or Real Madrid versus Barcelona, is one of the most worldwide known derbies. It's more for politics as Franco, the dictator of uh, Spain, 
uh, supported Real Madrid and Barcelona were seen as freedom fighters in Catalan. The match, uh, the match has been on Real Madrid's favour as they've won more on total. But in recent years, Barcelona has become more dominant and hasn't been beaten since 2017 by Real Madrid. <laughs> and I think we should uh, go to our own derby here in the school. We have our own derby here at the school. Uh, it's TY versus Fifties, and it's a match played at break time. And we're going to have a group discussion now about the match we played today. First off, boys, I just want to say that we had an excellent performance today against the Fifties. Managed to secure, what was it, a 4-3 four, 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 win, which was beautiful. Uh, excellent performance out of the players. Um, expect many more in the, the coming season. Weather might not be in on our side, but sure, we won in the end. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, we have a record of two wins from two now on the big pitch, so we're going well and we look to improve on our on our performance every week. We have a solid squad and Adam Balmer in goals has always been a real David De Gea. You could even compare him to apple juice. Absolutely amazing, no matter what kind of weather there is. We have some dodgy strikers sometimes. Podrick Carroll. Oh. Keen Gibney. And Evan Elders. <laughs> I managed right. to secure one today, which I was pretty happy with. Evan, Evan's always doing a madness up front. So fair play to him. Right. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.